Welcome back to the AP World History Podcast. We're going to be taking a look at our third part here of Chapter 12 and the 15th century, and we're going to look at the Islamic world. Um, this is also sometimes known as the kind of second flowering of the Islamic world, and uh, this is where we get the two major uh, dynasties, or the two major empires known as the Ottomans and the Safavids. Um, the Ottomans are... Um, the ones that will replace the Byzantines, they start about the 14th century, uh, 1300s, and uh, by the 15th century in 1453, they will conquer the Byzantines and replace them, um, and uh, they'll be centered out of the old uh, Byzantine capital of Constantinople, but instead of Constantinople, it's known as Istanbul. If you need a song to remember that, uh, They Might Be Giants is a great song for you to listen to there. So... Um, they will really replace pretty much the whole uh, Eastern uh, Roman Empire at its peak. Uh, so they'll have parts of Northern Africa, the Middle East, um, uh, Greece and, and the Balkans there, and also Anatolia there of Turkey, where they're kind of based out of. Um, they become very wealthy and powerful, especially off the trade, especially from the Silk Road, pushing it to uh, the Western Europeans. Uh, and so that's where they make a lot of money. And this is what's kind of pushes the Western Europeans to go, you know what, we don't want to negotiate with this group. They're not Christians anymore. They're, they're charging us way too much. We're going to go find our own way to Asia. And so that's where you get Columbus and Vasco da Gama and, and everyone else going West and looking for a, a passage there. Um, now, on the other side of things, you got the Safavid Empire, which develops out of Persia. So we get another Persian Empire here, and not to make things com complicated with, like, the Sassanids that were the last uh, non-Islamic uh, one. Um, the Safavids are, are similar um, to, the, to all the other Persian empires in that you're still going to have Farsi as the main language that's there. Uh, the culture is going to be different than the rest of the Arab world. Uh, and the big thing is they then kind of build off that and decide, you know what, we're not going to practice Sunni Islam, which is what the majority of people practice. They become a Shia or a Shiite uh, Islamic state. And so they um, are the base or they, they become the kind of safe haven for, for those types of thoughts. And that's because they want it to kind of be different than others. Um, but there's a problem with this in that, uh, well, you've got Shia. Now you've got a Shia kingdom and you got a Sunni kingdom right next to them and you got some different cultures and everything else. And so that's going to lead to a lot of conflict between the Ottomans and Safavids. So we see a rehashing of the Byzantines versus the Sassanids uh, from before. So uh, they're fighting with each other, but it's not, um, I guess it's not, it's not huge. Uh, they weren't, the, the Ottomans will do kind of fine through it. The Safavids will be kind of a, a marginal power next to them. And then uh, on the frontiers of the Islamic world, um, we have, uh, in India and West Africa, a couple more empires. So, um, and also we, we'll talk about Southeast Asia a little bit too, but, um, in West Africa, we got the Songhai, which take over, uh, if you remember the, the West African kingdoms, you had Ghana is the ma first major one. Then you have Mali and then the Songhai take over after them. And they're a major player in the gold and salt trade. Again, uh, they focus around the cities and it's the elite classes that have adopted Islam again. Again, the commoners not so much in on it, especially not in the cities. But the urban areas that are working with the merchants and trading, they need them, or they need that can they convert to that because it, it creates new um, connections between them and improves their chances. Um, <clears throat> and so, um, uh, what else do I want to say? Uh, it eventually, it gets known as the. Um, 
the caliphate of the blacks or the caliph of the blacks and so um that's kind of how it gets known by the rest of the islamic world and then in south asia we got the mughal empire and mughal um is a rough translation for mongol so these are mongols coming in uh from the ilkhanate going and taking over uh, parts of india it's primarily in north india but it will extend all the way uh kind of to the the furthest borders that the um Marian dynasty got to as well and so um they will unify again a good chunk of india there with that because of those uh, borders if you remember they get all the way down to the Deccan plateau um if you remember that with the Marian dynasty and uh they really work on working together with the hindus uh they try to convert people um but uh they they don't force people to convert um they don't try to uh, absolutely destroy the Hindus and, and push them down and keep them from doing anything. Instead, they try to work together with them. Uh, but as we go into next unit, we focus on these guys more. We'll get into more of uh, their interactions, especially as we actually push more towards um, the the 1700s. Um, we'll be seeing the, the interactions with them in the British Empire, and uh, we'll see them shift away from being very inclusive to being exclusive and really starting to persecute the hindus which will lead to their their downfall and then uh the last uh area on the uh in the islamic world is southeast asia um and they're continuing to adopt it through the trade uh the merchants going to southeast asia and going to places like Srivijaya and malacca and all those places uh will will adopt it readily because of the connections they can make um it's it's more beneficial than buddhism was and uh the other um religions at home uh, we'll see it take on some characteristics of those uh, indigenous religions though and um, uh, yeah that's we see it kind of going on there and it's not necessarily forced on the people in any way uh, it's kind of more like west africa and especially like a, a city like timbuktu when we're talking about malacca and that it becomes a major hub for trading and it also become a, a, a hub for learning uh, because of the resources and, and everything like that going on there. So uh, that's a quick glance of the Islamic world. Uh, we're going to be focusing on a few of these areas a little bit more as we go forward, like the Ottomans, Safavids, and the Mughals. We're going to see them a, a lot more as we go into Unit 4. Uh, but uh, that gets you kind of a base idea of what's going on with them at the end of this time period and leading up into the, the Unit 4 here.